Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Thank you, Jesse, for leading the music. That was beautiful this afternoon. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross, and thank you for the Christmas season where the opportunity we have to honor you for the birthday of the King. And Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we honor you and we, as we commemorate your birthday. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for being with us. Lord, that you would guide my tongue, forgive any sin in my life that might hinder your word. And Lord, that you would bless each soul here today as we look at your word, as we study it. We thank you for the privilege and the, and the honor to even look into your word today. Lord, you are why you went to the cross, why you had this plan of salvation from before the foundations of time, we don't know. But you're an awesome God. Your ways are so much higher than our ways we would never understand. But Lord, we thank you that you did endure the cross, the shame, the humiliation. And Lord, that the reason was the joy set before you. So you count us part of your joy and your glory. And we thank you for that. And Jesus, just bless us all today. We ask this in your name, the name above all names. Amen. Today's message is called The Birth of King Jesus. And as Jesse read, this is from... Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to be focusing on verses 18 through 25. And the handout has three points today. The first point is Christ Jesus is the legal heir of David's throne through Joseph's royal line. The second point will be Christ Jesus is the blood heir of David's throne through the Virgin Mary's blood line. And then the third point today will be Christ Jesus is the King of Kings and he's very deity. He's the very God, the only one true God. So let's look at the first point. Christ Jesus is the legal heir of David's throne. Matthew 1.1, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So the first verse in the first gospel declares that Jesus is the son of David. Now we're going to study how this is possible because Jesus is God. So in effect, he's the root of David. But here it says he is also the son of David. And as we study this, God's father, Jesus' father, is God the father. But his mom is the Virgin Mary. 
All of us have two parents. Jesus also has two parents. His parents are all God and God the Father and all humanity in the Virgin Mary. So Jesus is all God, 100% God, and all man, 100% man. Only Jesus, only God can be that. Psalms 132.11 The Lord hath shown in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. Of the fruit of thy body, he's talking to David, your great, 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 great grandson, many, many, many generations to come, will sit on the throne. And that is Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So here we see this child who's going to be born is God. He's the Mighty God. This verse declares this child as the Mighty God. Only Jesus can fulfill this scripture. He is also the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 7 says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord, the zeal of God of hosts will perform this. So this is declaring that Jesus is on the throne. This is his legal right. And it's very important to understand why is it so important that Jesus has the legal right to the throne? Because Jesus fulfilled the law. All of us are born under the law. And all of us have defiled the law. So we're all guilty under the law. Only Jesus fulfilled the law. The Bible says Jesus didn't come to, uh, to do away the law. No, he came to fulfill every jot and every tittle of the law. Only God can live a perfect life. Only God can fulfill the law. And this is very important because without Christ as a sacrifice fulfilling the law, all of us would be condemned to hell. Amen. And Jesus has the legal right through Joseph. Joseph is not his biological father because he's God the Father's only begotten son. However, Joseph had a legal right to the throne because he was a direct descendant of King David through the tribe of Judah. But it's also interesting, Mary was also of the tribe of Judah. So Jesus had the bloodline going all the way back to King David. Matthew 1.16, And Jacob, this is Joseph's father, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So what does Christ mean? Christ is a title. And Messiah means the anointed one. So Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Who was he anointed of? The Father and the Holy Spirit. He was anointed to be the sacrificial lamb, to go to the cross at Calvary, to die and become the propitiation. Propitiation is the payment of the wrath that all of us are due because of our sin nature and the sins that we do. Luke 132 and 33. This is the angel speaking to Mary. 
So we have two dual thoughts going on here in this message. We have the angel speaking to Joseph here in Matthew, but the angel was also talking to Mary. He shall be great. The angel talking to Mary now about Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, the son of God. And the Lord God shall give him unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. The angel is telling Mary her baby is going to be the king who rules forever. He has to be God. When you think about that, imagine being in one of these two shoes. Ladies, imagine you're in the shoes of Mary. Or men, imagine you're in the shoes of Joseph. We, of course, give Mary all the honor for being chosen to be the mother of God. But we also have to look at Joseph. He was chosen to be the stepfather of God. Both of these individuals must have been holy and close to God. That's a testimony. Very little is said of Joseph. And yet he was given the privilege of changing the Lord's diaper, of teaching him how to walk and talk and all the things we do with little children and grandchildren. Mary and Joseph were doing with the baby Jesus. Luke 2.11. Now this is the setting where the shepherds are outside Bethlehem and Jesus is declared to them born in Bethlehem. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Which the title being Christ, he is Lord. And he's born as the Savior in the city of David. Philippians 2.9 Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Jesus' name is the name higher than any name. How many times as Christians have we found ourselves perhaps depressed or in a need or emotionally wore out and we call on Jesus? What other name would we call on? When we call on Jesus, he always hears. It doesn't matter if I'm on a trip on the other side of the world, Jesus hears. If I'm driving in my car, Jesus hears. And it's the same for you. It doesn't matter when you call upon the name of the Lord, he will hear. And there's none other name under heaven that you can call on that has those promises. Philippians 2, 10 and 11. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You can almost picture at the Judgment Day these atheists and these Satan worshipers and these people who refuse to honor God, their knee will bow. Their tongue will confess. And do you notice this verse says, and things under the earth? Those are the people in hell today. They will come forth at the Judgment, their knee will bow and their tongue will confess. Matthew 1.17 So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. So Josiah's son was carried away into Babylon. That was 14 generations after King David. King David lived about 1000 BC when he died. 
And Josiah, God honored him, and he said, you will not see the disruption of the kingdom, which had already been prophesied, because Josiah loved Jesus. He loved God, and he cleaned the temple, and he, he got rid of the sorcerers and the wizards in the, in the kingdom, and he got rid of the homosexuals, and he was honoring God. So God says, I'm not going to let the kingdom be destroyed while you're on the throne. But as soon as he died, when his son came on the throne, the kingdom was divided, and the, they were carried captive into Babylon. And then it says, and from the carrying away into Babylon onto Christ are 14 generations. So we have 14 generations Abraham to David, 14 generations to David to Josiah's son, and 14 generations from Babylon until Jesus is born. That's 42 generations, and it covers 1,800 years. Genesis 12.3, the setting here is Abram being called by the Lord out of his country, not knowing where he would go through faith. And I will bless them that bless thee. This is... God talking to Abram and curse him that curses thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed the United States had better never turn against Israel because when we start to curse Israel God's curse will be turned upon us this verse says so Genesis 22:18. this is also God speaking to Abram after he had gone to offer Isaac on the mountain and then the Lord had provided himself a sacrifice. What a prescient verse. Speaking to Jesus going to the cross 1,800 years later. Here's Jesus speaking to Abram. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Because Abram obeyed the Lord and was willing to offer Isaac as a sacrifice, God says, because of your obedience, all nations of the earth will be blessed. And indeed, we see this come to fruition in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. This is a future event, by the way. This is a, something that will happen perhaps in our lifetime. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Out of every kindred, out of every family, as God had said to Abram. And every tongue. You know, here in one nation, we have many languages. Right here in Lynchburg, there are many languages. You go to the Chinese restaurant, they speak Chinese. You go to a Spanish-American church, and they're speaking Spanish. This morning, our preacher preached all the message in English. Thank goodness. <laughs> And it says, every tongue and people, when you travel to another country, there are many people groups. For example, in the Amazon, there are many dialects that are spoken, even from village to village. The same thing in the Philippines. There are hundreds, perhaps a thousand different dialects, all within one country. And it says, every nation. Every nation will have a representative in heaven. America... All 200 plus countries in the world, they will be represented at the throne of God. The second point today, Christ Jesus is the blood heir of David's throne through the Virgin Mary's royal lineage. This means she has to be from the tribe of Judah. Some people will say, well, there's 
a mix-up because the Bible says she went to visit Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was from the tribe of Levi. But that means they're just relatives. There are many times we can look at our bloodline and somebody marries somebody who's from Norway, then they marry somebody from England, then they might marry somebody from South America, and it doesn't take too long. And there's many different countries represented in our bloodline. The same thing in Jesus. But Mary had to be from the tribe of Judah in order for all of these prophecies to be fulfilled. Matthew 1.18 Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. In the Jewish culture, a man and a woman would come together and they would be espoused. That was basically equivalent to an engagement period in the U.S. And that espousal period was a legal transaction. And it was approximately a one-year period. Now, during that time, the man was responsible for making the house of his bride. So many times, he would start the construction of the residence. Perhaps it was in addition to his existing parents' home. But the bride would be able to see how the progression was going. Yes, the walls are up, the roof is on. Wow, he put the doors on, the windows are in. Now he's doing the interior finish out, the floors are done, the counters are in. The wedding day is getting very close. And she would know, and the bridal party would come at midnight. And they would say, are you ready? And then the feast would begin. And then the marriage would be consummated. And that's a picture. We're waiting for the groom to get the bride of Christ. And we don't know when he's going to come back to get the bride of Christ. Just like the bride had to be prepared in Jesus' day for the groom to come and get her, are you prepared when our groom comes to get us? That's the picture that's being taught here. Now back to the verse. When Mary was legally espoused to Joseph, before they came together, before they had any physical relationship, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, put yourselves in Joseph's shoes. He doesn't know that this is of the Holy Spirit, but he loves Mary, and yet she's pregnant. So he must really be wrestling with this in his mind. Acts 2, 29 and 30. Men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you of the patriarch David, King David, that he hath died and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on the throne. So this isn't speaking from the legal point of view, this is of the flesh point of view. And this is the Apostle Peter speaking to the Jewish leaders. And he's saying, right over here is David's sepulcher. His bones are in there. And yet the Bible teaches us, the Old Testament teaches us, that of his loins will come the king. According to his flesh, he would raise up Christ, Christ being their Messiah, to sit on David's throne. Acts 13, 22 and 23. Now this is the Apostle Paul speaking later in the book of Acts, again to the Jewish leaders. And when he had removed him, 
he raised up unto them David to be their king. The he that's being removed, that's spoken of, is King Saul. Remember a few weeks ago when we went through the Witch of Endor study, where King Saul killed himself, committed suicide, and fell on his sword? That's what Paul is referencing here. And when he had removed him, being King Saul, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. Now the seed had to come through Mary. It couldn't come through Joseph. That means Mary had to be from the tribe of Judah. But do you see how God defines King David? He's a man after God's own heart. Would you like God's description of you into eternity to be somebody after God's own heart? Jesse, would you like the Holy Spirit to say you're a man after God's own heart? What a privilege. And all of us in this room, we can have that description if we take on the heart of Jesus, the mind of Christ. 2 Timothy 2.8 Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Again, this is Paul speaking in the book of Timothy. That Jesus Christ, he was of the seed of David. Mary had to be of the tribe of Judah. According to my gospel. Revelation 22.16 I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. The bright and the morning star. So here God is saying, I am the root. The root means he's the creator. He's the seed of which Abraham begat, Isaac begat, Jacob, the 12 tribes. Judah came out of that. 14 generations later is King David. 28 generations later is this little baby Jesus born in Bethlehem that has to be cared by Joseph and Mary. This same baby Jesus is the creator of the universe. This same baby Jesus is the root of David. And yet he's the offspring of David. He's the root, the creator, because he's God. And he's the offspring, the baby, because he's all man. You know, Jesus presented this conundrum, this kind of like mystery, this riddle, to the leaders of the Jews, and they couldn't answer. They couldn't give the reason why. And see, we understand how this little riddle can be true. Because Jesus was all God and, he's, and he was all, and he still is all man. Matthew 1.19 Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Was minded means he thought about this. Imagine, you love this woman and now she's pregnant. And you know you didn't do it. Now how could this be? So he's wrestling with this. It says he's a just man. Just means he's holy. He's saved. He's in heaven right now. And it also speaks to him being not mean-hearted. He doesn't have any vengeance against his loved spouse bride. But he knows he has to deal with this. Because the people know 
Their marriage hasn't been completed yet. And yet people can see his bride is pregnant. And they have a law, the Jewish law. Let's look at a little bit more detail. Leviticus 20.10. And the man that commits adultery with another man's wife, even he that commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. So the neighbors see her with a baby and they know the law. Now let's look at Deuteronomy 22 verses 23 and 24 because this really speak to Joseph and Mary's situation. If they had sinned or if she had sinned. If a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband. This is exactly what Mary was. She was a virgin betrothed to Joseph. And a man find her in the city and lie with her. Then ye shall bring both out unto the gate of that city and you shall stone them with stones that they die the damsel because she cried not in other words she didn't say hey somebody's trying to get me rape me or whatever in other words she was in on it she was approving of it continue with that verse because she cried not being in the city in the city means anybody could have heard and the man because he has humbled his neighbor's wife so thou shalt put away evil from among you, and you shall stone them with stones that they die. That was the death penalty for committing adultery. Do you see how far our country has fallen from that? Do not commit adultery. It's almost like we build people up nowadays and hold them up in esteem if they do this sin of adultery. In Jesus' day, it was the death sentence. Matthew one twenty. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. There was an angel who appeared to Joseph four times in his life. Again, that speaks to Joseph having a holy life and being close to the Lord. Here's the first time that the angel appears to Joseph in a dream. He again appears and says, you need to take Jesus down into Egypt because Herod wants to kill him. A third time he appeared and said, you can come back into Israel. And then the fourth time he says, but you better not go back to Bethlehem because King Herod's son is on the throne. So that's why Joseph went and lived in Nazareth. And it also fulfilled the scriptures that he would be called a Nazarene. But here we can almost feel Joseph going, oh, the burden is lifted. Mary didn't commit adultery. It's God's will. It's the Holy Spirit who has this baby growing in her. Now he's free from all of that obligation. Now, it doesn't mean that the people outside are not going to still think that they committed fornication. And indeed, when Jesus was preaching as an adult, they said, we are not a fornication. The leaders of the Jews were still calling him that 30 years later. So this was a stigma that Mary and Joseph carried through the rest of their life. But you know, they knew the burden was worth it because their child was God. It's worth carrying a burden when you have a son 
who is very deity. Luke 134 and 35. This is the angel speaking to Mary. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? See, she hadn't cheated on Joseph. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. This baby in Mary is called the holy thing. Jesus is holy. That's why the angels are before the throne day and night saying, Holy, holy, holy. When we look at all the attributes of God, we can list them all. The only attribute that God emphasizes three times is his holiness. God is holy. And here we see that he is called the holy thing. God is the holy thing. He's the only thing that is truly pure and holy. Now let's look at Romans 1, 3 to 4, because it adds another dimension to God's holiness. How did God raise himself from the dead on Easter Sunday morning? Because he's holy through the power of his Holy Spirit. Romans 1, 3, and 4. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh. Once again, God is emphasizing that Jesus was born through the tribe of Judah as the Virgin Mary being his mom and declared to be the son of God. Jesus is the son of the father. So Mary is his mother and God the father is his daddy. Do you see how clear the Gospels make this? When we look at these verses, there can be nobody that can argue against it. And yet people today say, no, Jesus isn't God. They say, Jesus' dad was Joseph. No, Joseph was his stepdad. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And then these two verses go on to say, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. How did Jesus rise from the dead on Easter Sunday morning? Because of the Holy Spirit's power. Only Jesus can conquer death. All of us, if we go into the grave, we have no power to come back to life. Only God can do it because he's Holy Spirit. And Jesus conquered death, and he took the keys of death and hell. Jesus decides through his Holy Spirit who goes into hell, and he decides who goes into heaven. If you've received Jesus as your personal Savior, you will go into heaven. If you reject him as your personal Lord and Savior, you will go to hell. Jesus has the keys of hell and death. The third point today, Christ Jesus is King of Kings and very deity himself. He's the one and the only true God. Matthew 121. And she said, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Isn't this a beautiful verse? She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. So the angel is telling Mary what her son's name will be. It will be Jesus. And the angel also told Joseph what the son's name would be, Jesus. But look at why he's called Jesus. He shall save his people from their sins. 
If you're saved today, you're one of Jesus' people. If you're not, the Bible says you're a child of the devil. So you're either going to have Abba Father as your daddy or the devil as your daddy. But if you receive Jesus as your personal Lord, God, and Savior, it says you are part of his people. And he saves you from your sins. We all need a Savior from our sins or the only end is the lake of fire. We need a Savior. And Jesus was sent to save us from our sins. Isaiah 43, 11. This is God speaking. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. Do you see that? There is no other name under heaven whereby a man must be saved. Buddha can't save you. Muhammad can't save you. Allah can't save you. The Pope can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Isaiah 43:25. I, even I, am he that blots out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. If you receive Jesus as your Savior, he will blot out your sins, and you will be made white as snow on the judgment day. The top of page 4. John 18:37. The setting here is Jesus is before Pontius Pilate. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. That could be translated just as you say, Yes, I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And this verse here says, everyone that is of the truth, of Christ, of the way, hears God's voice. There's another verse that says, Jesus speaking, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Do you hear God's voice? My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Are you following the Lord today? 1 John 4, 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. This is John speaking toward the end of his life. He lived to be over 90 years old. And he's saying... We have seen and do testify. Do you remember Jesus when he was on the cross? He said to the Apostle John about his mother Mary, here is your mom, take care of her. John saw Jesus resurrected. He followed him. And he's saying here, we have seen and do testify. If a judge wants to get the truth, he will put witnesses under the obligation of the court to tell the truth and nothing but the truth. They become the testimony. John is the testimony. And he says, The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Such a simple, true, clear verse and truth. Matthew 122. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Why did all this happen? Because God said it would happen. He said it 700 years before by the prophet Isaiah. And everything came true perfectly 
the way God had defined it. Isaiah 11.10, And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, the root again being God, the Creator, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. Even 700 years before Christ's birth, God was already saying that Jesus would have a ministry to the Gentiles. Aren't you happy that Jesus speaks to the Gentiles? And he already ordained that 700 years before he went to the cross. That we as Gentiles have access to the throne through faith, just as God's chosen people, the Jews, do. Romans 15, 12. And again, Esaias. Esaias is the Greek name for Isaiah. And how you can remember it, you see the middle of the word? It says A-I-A. That's the same thing in Isaiah. I-S-A-I-A-H. We were going through this the other day with my two youngest sons, and I said, that's kind of an easy way for you to remember that. Anyway, back to the verse. And again, Esaias saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Praise God. God is no respecter of persons. The power of the gospel message is to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. Matthew 1.23 Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. My sixth child, Justice, I named him his Justice, but his middle name is Emmanuel. And I wanted him to understand that God is with us. And every time, just like my oldest son, I named him Christian. When he writes his name, Christian, I want you to be a Christian. So when Justice looks at his name, he knows that God is with him. Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Again, 700 years before, Jesus was saying through this scripture that a virgin would conceive. And if the Jews and the Pharisees would have really studied the scriptures, they knew the scriptures, but if they would have studied it, in light of everything that Jesus was preaching and teaching during his three plus years of ministry, they must have come to the conclusion that Jesus was God. Hebrews 1.8. This is the Father speaking about Jesus in the book of Hebrews. But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever. The Father is calling Jesus God, and he's saying your throne will be forever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. A scepter is the signal. It's the symbol of the kingship. And Jesus is saying here, the scepter is thy kingdom. The righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Hebrews 1.10, two verses later. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. So the Father is saying that Jesus is the creator of all. We should never even consider otherwise. The Bible is so replete. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. It says all things consist by him. And here the Father is saying, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. 
Hebrews 2.16, next chapter. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. God is a spirit. All the angels are spirits. Hebrews is saying God didn't want Jesus to take on the form of an angel because he's already a spirit. No, he wanted him to take on the form of man. Jesus was made in the flesh. It says, and the flesh dwelt among us. Matthew 1.24 Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. Again, Joseph must have been relieved when he woke up from this dream. He knew that this was a true angel because he was saying of the tribe of David, of the tribe of Judah, your seed. He knew he was in the kingly line. So that's a reference point. Here he wakes up. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel. He honored the angel's request because the angel was the angel of the Lord. This was a good angel. And he was obeying the angel's bidding because he wanted to obey God. And he took Mary as his wife. We have lots of examples of people who obeyed. We've already discussed Abram as he obeyed, but let's look at Noah. Genesis 6.22 Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So did he. Everything God commanded, he did. Exodus 40.16 Thus did Moses according to all that the Lord commanded him. So did he. We have lots of examples of people honoring God by obeying him. Joseph was honoring God because angel means messenger. God sent the messenger angel to talk to Joseph to take Mary as his wife, and he listened to God. He obeyed the angel. John 14, 15, this is on all of us. If you love God, God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do you love God? Do you want to follow in the footprints of Noah, the footsteps of Abram, of Moses, of Joseph, the husband of Mary? They all obeyed. They are all examples that we can look to when we need to obey God. Matthew 125. And Joseph knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So they had no physical relationship until the baby was born. And he called, he called his name Jesus. Again, he obeyed God, and he named Jesus Jesus. Luke 131. And behold, this is the angel talking to Mary. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. They didn't have to come up with any list of names for that baby. <laughs> it was already determined by God. Parents, when they get, when their baby's on the way, they come up with all kinds of names, right? They only had one name, Jesus Emmanuel. That was it. They had, God had already decided this baby's name. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's jump down to 1.14. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is John speaking. 
and he's saying, we beheld his glory. Not only did Jesus raise from the dead, but remember, he walked through the wall. They saw the glory when they were on the mount, James and John. And they saw the manifestation when Moses and Elijah were there. They saw the glory of God. And then they were present when Jesus ascended into heaven. They saw the glory of God. John is saying he was full of grace and truth. See, God has grace. He's full of grace. But he's also full of truth. God is rich in mercy during your life. But if you reject him as your savior, he that despised Moses' law, there is no mercy. There is no mercy after death if you reject Jesus as your savior during your life. 1 Timothy 6.15, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and the only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God has a timing for all of us. The Father also has a timing when Jesus will come back. And when he comes back, he's not a lamb. He's a roaring lion. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he will judge. Revelation, this is the last verse for today, 1916. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Today, do you believe that Jesus is the King of Kings? Do you believe that he is the Lord of Lords? Because really that's the most important question each of us are confronted with. We want to serve the true God. We don't want to serve an idol that God will smash at the judgment day. And many of us have false idols. It could be our family, it could be money, it could be job, it could be another religion, it could be our self-works that we think will get us to heaven. It might even be our family, our health. Whatever we think about the most, that's our God. It must be Jesus in order to honor him and to please him at the judgment day. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these beautiful passages that speak to your son coming to die on the cross, being born our Savior, Jesus, Emmanuel. What a beautiful name. And also, Lord, you show in your words so clearly that you are the only begotten of the Father. You're all God. And you're, you're the seed of David. You're all man. And only you, God, can do that. And Jesus, thank you for the cross. Holy Spirit, thank you for speaking with us. And as we get saved, our body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that you would bind any evil in our life this week. Also, Lord, that you would bring people into our life, into our path, who really need you as a Savior, who do not have a clear understanding of what it means to be a Christian. They really don't understand they need to repent and turn to you and forsake the sin lifestyle. And Jesus, we ask all of this in your name. Amen. To close out today, we will be singing one hymn, page 147, 147, Silent Night. Silent Night. Oh, <laughs>
Y'all just.